Now, arguably, I um, I engaged with a couple of uh, bits and pieces on Twitter where we were talking about the uh, the fight that you're most looking forward to. David Avanissian versus Josh Kelly for the European welterweight title was pretty high on a lot of people's lists. Now, it feels like we're still not going to get it because it's been put off so many times and it does feel somewhat cursed, but that's a brilliant fight, Avanissian Kelly. It's it's arguably a better, more intriguing fight now than it than it ever has been, whether or not that's because we've been forced to wait for it yeah. and wait for it and wait for it. Um, what are your thoughts on that fight? It's a good fight and it's a... It's a massive step up for Kelly. I know. He's, I know he's had the Robinson fight, which he got the draw. Great learning fight for him, and, and fight too soon. That was mm-hmm. a fight too soon. I think David got carried away, and rightly so, because he he looked he looked just fantastic. But I think his team got carried away, which is very and rare for Adam Bruce, to be fair. But and they almost paid off. He didn't get beat, but I think it was just maybe that he probably looked back now and think maybe we should have maybe just had another sort of test just below that first. Mm-hmm. Um, Aviation's another one. It's a, it's a real dangerous fight. I think you know. I, I think a real dangerous fight. You can see Josh Kelly just putting on a beautiful performance of, of just, you know, wizardry and and just making him miss and you know hitting him everywhere and obviously and just being bashed up, you know, not being able to land on the target. Or you can see an obviously on sitting on that back foot, stalking you down, patient with his work. Then you throw all these fancy shots because they're just I'm half blocking them or they're missing. They're falling short. And when you commit, I crack you with that right hand. I hit you with that left hook. And Because Aviation is not a devastating KO artist, mm. but every punch he hits, like like a lot of Eastern European type fighters, you they punch right through the target and you feel every shot. And it puts a panic in your work and makes you second guess when you're going to throw a shot. Makes you second guess when you're doing your little moves. And and that's what he'll try and do to, to Kelly. And so, so yeah, it's... I'm I'm struggling to to pick a winner, to be honest. I, I think Aviesian is a favourite. It should be a favourite. I don't know if he's a favourite in the bookies, but he should be the favourite. I think it's pretty much a, he should a, be a pick and fight for the. Bookies. But he should be the big favourite because he's shown the quality, you know, at at, at worldish level, or well, world level, world level, and certainly European level. No, he's done that, and Kelly's still yet to show that. I think. Oh, do you think we're reading, or potentially people are reading slightly too much into his his fights against Kerman Leharaga? Obviously, we've seen Leharaga in the past knock out Bradley Skeet. We've seen him knock out Frankie Gavin, but I mean, he he folded pretty quickly under under Avanissian. We've got his record up here. Avanissian boxed him after being knocked out, uh, being stopped in six rounds by yeah, Mean yeah. Machine, which is a lot easier. I might make you say his name. I can't say his name. Cavley <laughs> Haskus, yeah. who of course boxed Terence Crawford, knocked Terence Crawford down, even though he didn't get uh, credited for doing so. But since then, which uh, and that was in February of 2018, we've seen the two fights against Leharaga now. Leharaga going into the first fight was unbeaten and, and myself and a lot of people over here had seen what he'd done to Bradley Ski yeah. and what he'd done to Frankie Gavin so that win stopping him in nine rounds was a great win then went and knocked him out again in a round you know w- was Leharaga potentially somewhat overrated because of his, <laughs> of his exploits we've seen I mean you're going through the list again Surgeon Bombo went eight rounds with David Avanissian back in December of 2017 um, Lamont Peterson obviously beat him Lamont Peterson a, a good fighter certainly a world level yeah. fighter over the years but in the last sort of two years it's two fights with Leharaga and Jose Del Rio who sounds like a wrestler but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I don't I don't know I mean David Avanissian obviously he has competed at a high level um, 
but I'm not sure whether or not people may be reading a little too much into those Leharaga fights. Well, I, them, the, the, the thing that tells me is not, not the quality of it, because of the two, Josh Kelly's two, a different fighter, no, mm. much better boxer than, than the Lahara, but mm. he went away from This home. is a nightmare for you, isn't it? We've got Avanissian, Leharaga, and Kavliauskas to yeah. discuss. <laughs> See, back in the 80s, you could have just gone where they were from, didn't you? Yeah, the Spaniards. Yeah, the turf off the taff. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Bloody PC. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, but yeah, so I think with Kermit, when he boxed Kermit, but he ran away from there with no fear. That yeah. shows the thing. So they don't be the, I know there's no crowds here now, and the, but I don't think that would have made a difference with Aviation. So he wouldn't have cared about that. I think, he is, I think he's tricky. I think he's tricky. I think he's patient with his work. I think this is the hardest fight for Josh Kelly. Mm. This is his hardest fight to date by a million miles. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm oh, a Josh Kelly fan. I mean, from the Olympics, I was a fan. Not just because, no, you think of this, because you're a good looking kid and his style, he wasn't as flashy as he, as he was, as he, as he has been with uh, since he'd been with Booth, but you could see all the good qualities he had. You thought whoever, whichever trainer he went with, he was going to be a talent. Mm. And I thought him him and Boatsy well, stood out for me. Like, I know Boatsy got the medal, but he was another one. I thought they, they just look, just looked something, they just looked something about him that you think could transfer to the pros and make him huge successes. I think that Josh Kelly has that. He does. And, and he has that little bit of X factor about him as well. But this is this is the test that's going to tell us. I think. I think this is the. T- this is the, you can put on a man. Fantastic. I said it already. A fantastic performance and run rings around him, and just looks so special, and and wear him down. And you could you could bash it bash him up over over the over the rounds and stop him. Maybe I don't know. But you know, it's it's a risk. I think so. It's I think it's a really risky fight. They must know that. Mm. They're planning on aviation with the aviation with the slow feet. But he slides into distance. He does close the distance down. He's he cuts got, the ring off well. Yeah, he does. He's not like I know Kelly's got the, like a beautiful footwork, and but that wide stance as well as the rounds go on. You know that that booth stance they have. Mm. I understand they have the wide stance, so you can get the arcs. Mm. The, you get a big arc on your movement, and you can push off and get more weight on your punches. I understand all that, but it also takes a lot of energy. Mm. Now, he, he, so Adam has you fighting in bursts, so you convert you conserve energy. But if another fight is making you making you fight hard making those bursts closer together, then you'll drain energy quicker, like George Groves. They, they would get tired after a few rounds. That, that David Hay, mm. they would get tired as the rounds go on, like mm. all fighters do, but their depletion of energy would be more dramatic, I felt. Mm. And particularly where, and based on a style that requires more energy yeah, to, yeah. to be effective as well. But also with that, the positive of that is when they are full of energy, they're massively explosive and dangerous. Mm. I don't think Kelly has that explosive power no, as no, neither does Michael Conlon so he has two fighters there see I think Adam Booth used to pick fighters who could punch and then he could work with them Athlet- I, I was athletic just about and to punch. say yeah and it's kind of gone slightly away from that even yeah. with like your Ryan Burnett's and, and, and people like that who have kind of come into the fold I remember I think it was the, the Joshua Parker undercard where you had Josh Kelly I think Carlos Molina and Ryan yeah. Burnett against somebody else and they both boxed virtually identical fights yeah. over 12 rounds and you know even if you didn't know you could probably say that they're trained by the same fighter uh, same trained by the same trainer that night it was, it was a real you know booth boxing the booth yeah. boxing was style was that twitchy yeah, with the head you see with Shannon Corner you see yeah. they all look the same don't they but, Harlem Eubank yeah but it's um, who boxed really well really well against Harlem really, really well and um, but 
that little movement with the head's hard to read. You know, mm. they, they, everything disguises their movements. That low mm. left hand, you can read the jab. So they disguise the movements, and then obviously that low stance, that low center of gravity is to push up with power for the for the shots. And also, what you were saying about you know it requiring that energy. I mean, I remember Josh Kelly. Um, I can say what I want because I was there. I remember um, I remember in New York for, for Joshua Ruiz one and there was a lot of rumors around his weight around the fight week and there was a lot of rumors that he you know he was struggling to make the weight. I'm going to go look at his record now but I think yeah his debut he debuted at 156 and then 151 and he's boxed at 153 154 yeah. so he's very much he's kind of that 100 sort of 150 pound fighter like in between yeah. a, a welter and a super welter. Well, there, and we there's uh, a gap there for another world title. Oh don't give anybody any bloody <laughs> ideas Barry. Um and we saw in the Ray Robinson fight, you know, he he, he didn't fight three minutes of each round, yeah. which is you know, not necessarily his style anyway. He's never going to throw 100 punches around. But we saw him, you know, he was backed up into the corner in that fight. He was, um, you know, didn't let his hands go. And if you if you allow David Avanissian to get into a rhythm on the front foot, and, you know, I, I think Josh Kelly needs to set the tone early in that fight. I don't think he can just go in there and, and run rings around him and run around the ring. I do feel like he's going to need to land something early just to let David Evanesian know that he's dangerous and he can't just walk him down. Because if it's that type of fight, and we've seen in the past with Josh Kelly that potentially, you know, maybe he, well, there's no maybe about it. He is big for 147 pounds and it gets into those championship rounds against an experienced campaigner like an Avanissian. Yeah. And that could really be where the fight's won or lost. No, most definitely. I think, you know, to, it's all about angles with, with Kelly because he'll stay low and he'll throw the shot. He won't throw him straight shots, you no know, square shots to come in from the shoulders. They'll come from different angles and that he'll want to catch when Aviation commits, then it'll be that moving the angle, throwing that the screw shot, if you like, or an uppercut and trying to hit him, hit the head up to hit it across with a hook. That's what he'll look for. But yeah, it's a fight, it's a, it's a, it's a really intriguing fight. And I'm still not sure I want to put my money on. Come on. Are we going to put my money on somebody? Yes. Well, I'm going to say Kelly then, because I'm, I'm, I'm always always favoured the boxer, but it's his biggest test, and I'm not confident with it at all. And I mean, it, 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 he's ready for the European title fight, I think, that much. And the champion is who the champion is. Mm. You have to fight him, and that's think, fine. Yeah, I think it's probably fair to say that Evan is probably slightly above European level. And, he, yeah. and he's, he's got unfortunate in the sense of he's boxing. You know, the European title isn't what it used yeah. to be. And he, he's probably boxing somebody who's slightly above European level as opposed to you know, a lot of fighters who are fighting European champions are potentially slightly below European yeah. level. But this is a good fight. This is not. It's not. I'm sort of like, oh, it's a dangerous fight. But so it should be a dangerous mm. fight for the European title. Mm. And he comes through this, whether it's a masterclass or a, t or a tight fight. I think any win is a good win here. Yeah. Then, then, then it puts him in the shop window there for the world title fight. Mm. Most definitely, puts him right up there where it should be. And I wouldn't chuck him in the world title straight away. But you no, know, I mean it puts him there because then that's the you need these tests mm. to show what you're worth. So, so you know what you can do. So you know what you got inside you, and to other people around you know as well. Another fight that's gained quite a little bit of attention on that card, Florian Marku and Ryland Charlton. Yeah. Interesting fight. Now, first off, Florian Marku's last fight against Jamie Stewart. I think it was on the AJ undercard, the AJ yeah, Pulev yeah. undercard. What did you make of that fight? I th you could say he got exposed. I, I thought he won, to be honest. I thought he won. I thought he won. So yeah, had done by. But you can also say that in many ways he might have got exposed. Mm. And... <laughs> I sort of would agree with that and say no as well because he fights in straight lines, like ridiculously in straight lines. But what happens is you do something and it works. So he works off work rate and strength, and it's always enough. And that's all I need to do. Just I just I'll, throw, I'll just keep walking forward, throwing shots at you, and and I'll wear you down. You can't take the power. 
He's not a knockout artist, but he's mm. he's way deep Heavy in his handed, yeah. yeah. But you need more than that as you step up. And I but I think he can I, I, I don't know why I've seen Theo haven't shown it, but there's something about him I think he could box a bit better. A little bit I don't think he's gonna be the smartest of fighters ever. He's not gonna be a Josh Kelly mover. But I think he could get a bit more lateral movement and a few a, bit, a few more disguises before he throws the shots, a few feints here and there, that's what he needs, doubling mm. up the jab sometimes and just changing the angle when he throws it after he throws the first shot, just take a little step to the side. He can do that, but only if you've learned from the other fights. Even mm. you need to have learned from that Stewart fight to realise, no, I need to do a bit more against against Ryland Charlton. Otherwise he's he's gonna he's just gonna walk right in front of somebody who's willing to throw lots of punches back. Yeah, and I think that's what kind of makes this fight so appealing and intriguing. We saw what Ryland Charlton did to Joe Laws, who yeah. regardless of what you think of Joe Laws, to get him out of there in the in the style that he did. I mean, he was ruthless in that fight and really, you know, really went through Joe Laws without much problems at all. And you would think that their styles are just going to gel for, for two guys who are going to walk straight at each other and let the big shots go, which yeah. is great for us. It's going to be really, it's a, it's a really good fight. And it's a fight where really, you don't really know how good each, either one yeah. is. That's that's the thing. That's the good thing about that. You know, Ryland Charlton, you, know, you tend to think it was an upset against against um, Joe, Laws. Joe Laws. Because we knew Joe Laws. We didn't know him. That's all that is. Mm. It, that happens sometimes. You, you, you earn your trade around the peripherals of the, of the major players and no one knows who you are. Mm. But obviously, you no, know, he's undefeated. Good kid. How good? How good's Marco as well? He's had more ex- more exposure than him. But we just still still don't know. See, but the only thing that all we know is that Marco in his last fight showed us was not, again not exposed, but some limitations. Yeah, showed yeah. some limitations there. That that so. But I think, but I think he can work on him. That's that's the difference. I think he can. Working with um, Clifton Mitchell now as well. He was working with Don Charles. He's now working yeah. with Clifton Mitchell. Why is he going? Why is why is a welterweight going working with heavyweights? <laughs> I'm only joking. That's a, that's a that's irrelevant. See, Clifton Mitchell was a good fighter. I mean, better than what we remember him. Mm. To be fair, like I don't know why he's like as a trainer. Mm. I don't know. You know, I'm sure he's really good, but he was he was a good fighter and and a good mover for the heavyweight. Mm. So yeah, it depends on you no, know, you can only work with what you got. And and the and and rapport is the most important thing as a big trainer and, and fighter. But he has to loosen Marco up a little bit. Mm. Yeah, certainly he's still. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would would come as a surprise to anybody if they didn't know that that Florian Marco comes from a kickboxing background. Yeah, he's got very much that squared on yeah, kickboxer yeah, yeah. style. Even when he throws a jab, he kind of throws it from here as opposed to throwing it from there, which again will lead to a great fight, I think, between him and Ryland Charlton over ten rounds as well. I can't see that going ten rounds considering the way that they both fight. Um, particularly Marco, you know, loads up on the big shots and, you know, can he do 10 rounds against somebody who's coming back at him and throwing big shots as well? It's going to be a really interesting fight, though. It's cracking. Again, that's, that might be the one that... I, I, like I said, the last one, it might not be the top of the bill. That's still to show. Mm. Because that, that over 10 rounds, I don't think it goes early, though. I think no. I think someone might be might be worn away. Mm. Or, yeah, I don't. I don't or see hurt and yeah. then like, fatigued really quickly. But I don't see it going 10, but I certainly no. don't see a, a yeah. couple of rounds either way. Which is great, isn't it, really? Mm. Rematch. We love a rematch here on the social. Um, Amy Timlin against Carly Skelly. Now their first fight was very yeah. entertaining. Yeah. Obviously, it was a you know Amy Amy Timlin was the first time I'd seen Amy Timlin box. I thought Amy Timlin boxed very well in in stages of that fight, but Carly Skelly was very tough, like very rugged coming forward. And, and you know, I expect a really good fight in that. I think the first fight was really good. It was a good blend of styles. And why not put them in there? You know, as good as as 2020 was, particularly for, for female boxing. Uh, yeah. 
you know, it still doesn't have the depth. And if, you, if you've got two dance partners who, are, who have had a good fight and it's come to a draw, then I think throwing them back in is a really good idea and hopefully it picks up from the first fight. Yeah, you think so, but you, you tend to think the scope for improvement is for, is for Timlin. Yeah. That's because of the box. You always say that, but the boxer, that's sort of not, not the sort of disparaging to, to Skelly, you know, and to every aggressive fighter because you don't see them as technically as good. So you tend to think the other person can improve. But so they can improve as well. They can get lower. You know, step to do through more things before you jump in with like a lunatic. You know, move on the body more when you got them under pressure. There's things they can improve on. But I think Timlin would if she can improve on because she's technically better. And so the thing with women with this is it's not women's boxing in general. With this, it's it's the strength in the jab. That's that's the problem for Timlin. That it's a jab, but it's not enough strength in it, and it can be broken down quite easy. So that's what it is, and and it don't, it don't mean she she lacks the she lacks the strength in her upper body, so you got to step with the legs when you throw the jab. I think that's something that she maybe should be working on because you can still step with the jab and still keep the movement because mm. you're still on the ball to your foot. Just right, it's like a Tommy Hearns used to do. You have your left foot forward, but then when you throw the jab, you bring the heel to the side, so you square your foot off, and that's like a step, mm. and that'll give you that that'll give you a bit more weight in the shot. Mm. Tommy Hearns used to do it. But then you can also take the move off to the to the left because your foot's already positioned mm. for you to spin off. As long as you keep a lot of weight on the balls of your feet. That's a free lesson. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll bear that in mind. I'll bear that in mind next time I'm looking to circle off after I throw a jab. <laughs> Robbie Davis Jr. returns against Gabriel Golas Valenzuela. We won't make you say that one, Barry. We'll leave you off with that one. Um, Robbie Davis, another guy who I wouldn't say this is... well every fight is must win for all fighters but you know he's had a couple of losses now if he's looking at kind of advancing with his career he needs to look good in that fight and again at 140 pounds there's a lot of interesting fights domestically for Robbie Davis Jr. out there you know your Hara Davises of the world and I know that fight with Lewis Ritson was a brilliant fight yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Close them fight well, yeah I wouldn't mind seeing that again um, yeah good opportunity for Robbie Davis Jr. to put himself back in the mix at 140 pounds yeah but it is but you know it's funny because like, he beats Ritson and we're talking about world titles because mm. he had a good rating. Mm. So, and all of a sudden, I was saying, can he stay in the mix? He's a, he's a talent. He is a talent. I think he's good. He's nice, good work rate, good, you know, good weight in his shots. You know, he's got a nice, loose style. You know, nothing like his dad. You know, his dad was a real brawl, a big puncher. But, um, you know, but, but a better amateur than, than Robbie, of course. But, yeah, so... I, it's, it's a hard division to break through. That's the problem, isn't it? Where, where do you... Where, you know, you're looking... Either way, you, you get a good win here. Your next fight is, again, that other fight where it's, do you step up or do you step down a couple of levels? Mm. That's that's the that's the problem there. It's such a such a division you know, steeped in, in quality. And, and you've also got all of those 135 pounders knocking on the door to come up as well. Yeah, so that's exactly. not going to be fun. But, but you, can't, but you just got to put yourself in the window. That's mm. all. And, and take the fight. And, and to be fair to Robbie Davis, he'll take that fight. He'll take whatever fight he's got. Whatever fight he's got for him and that's it so you know, I think I'd, I'd like to see the rematch you know to be honest but uh, with Ritson but Ritson will want now you want to think he can move on so but I think it's a I'd like to see Ritson box Miguel Vasquez again well that's not going to happen <laughs> really, <is it? laughs> I don't, no I don't well Miguel Vasquez with um, the same management company now so you, know, you never know we could, we'll definitely see Miguel <laughs> Vasquez boxing somebody <laughs> soon getting robbed blind somewhere we'll see it um, and finally on that card Johnny Fisher 
don't know an awful lot about Johnny Fisher, I must say. No, I haven't seen him. Another, yet, another, well, it's his debut, Barry. No, but I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in the amateur circuit. I've no, no, anything like that. So, well, we'll just leave it then, shall we? No, it's good. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> Everywhere possible. It's funny with him, it's because a different to every other weight. Mm. So, you can feed them knockover jobs for a long time. Uh, that's the difference with heavyweights yeah. but, well, they'll do that now because they've been in a generation of fast tracking everybody but with heavyweights you can take your time with them over them so and it was, it's always a bit of excitement when you've got a, a young kid knocking people over you know was he six foot five or something mm, the big fella yeah knocking people over and stuff and that's what you want to see to get just to get you excited about him while he's learning his trade in the gym he fights Matt Gordon who is two five and one uh, stopped by David Adelaide in a couple of rounds and stopped by uh, Doran Krasmaru, who boxes out of Peacock, um, the Ukrainian chap. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are his kind of form guides. So you, you would expect Johnny Fisher to uh, to come yeah. through that and look good on his professional debut. 